Hi, welcome to the Ben Men Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we also believe that everyone should know the next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. I'm Pops. I'm Dave. And I'm Bob. We've called this episode, this series of episodes, Why You Can Trust the Bible. And we're looking at reasons why you can trust the New Testament that you have in your hand as a historically reliable document. In today's episode, we're going to look at was the Bible handed down accurately? Mm. And I love a good hand-me-down. In we fact, love a good hand-me-up. That's true. I, I, uh, in fact, I'm wearing one of my favorite hand-me-downs today. Oh, yeah. This jacket, which is one of the few that I didn't get from you or my or other brother. Yeah. Um, because you guys have a great Tell me the story again. Oh, yeah. It was like someone's dad's who the, wore for like 40 years. He literally owns like a construction boot store. And then handed it down to his son. And then his son was my friend and handed it down to me. That's you should write great. him a letter someday and be like, this would have cost me like $1,900 at <laughs> Thank you. Balenciaga. Love you. It also makes you look super tough. Thank you. So we're, we're, we're talking about why we can trust the New Testament. Why is that even important? Well, we've talked about this episode a lot and here it is. Well, yeah. Christianity depends entirely on the historical person of Jesus Christ. Yep. The New Testament is the primary source of information about Jesus. So if the New Testament is not reliable, you got some problems. We don't have objective historical way to know what Jesus said or know what Jesus did. In other words, we can't establish whether Jesus was God or what he taught or what his followers didn't taught. Yikes. Yeah. Yep. Well that sounds all that sounds great. What? But here's, here's <laughs> that sounds great. Sounds horrible. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Well, like I said. But here's the thing. Christmas by the merch. Yeah. yeah. So so how are we even going to do that? I mean, all of that sounds great and it's important, but it. is there a way that we can determine if what we have in our hands that we call the New Testament right. is historically reliable? So when do you guys want to take Bob, it? Crack it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I, the, the, the two main avenues we're going to establish will be the accuracy of manuscripts or the copies themselves through time, right? And when we say manuscript, just think copies the copies of copies that transmission through time almost like a like a family tree or something like that you know from from where it started to where we have it today and then two the authors themselves is what they wrote and recorded truthful mm. and, and, and in everything they wrote is it truthful and once we've established those that's how we'll be able to de determine the reliability of the of the new testament manuscripts specifically good so, summary yeah so he nailed it manuscripts trustworthiness of authors. Mm -hmm. Well, we only have time to actually cover a little piece of that. So let's go ahead and start out with the historical reliability of the New Testament documents. Bob, why don't you give us a thumbnail sketch of if we're going to examine the New Testament documents, what is it that we're actually looking at? Yeah. So this applies to any ancient document. Think of any ancient book. There are three tests for figuring out if an ancient document is historically reliable. And we're just going to cover one in today's episode, right? This is what Dave was talking about. So the, the what we're going to talk about today is the bibliographic test. So that is establishing whether we have accurate copies of the first century books of the New Testament. Or, like we said at the beginning, the bibliographic test helps us answer, was the Bible handed down accurately? Then our next episode, we'll hit the two other tests. This doesn't just apply for the Bible, any ancient book. Two other tests are the internal test, which looks at, you guessed it, inside the book at what's written to see if there's errors or contradictions. 
And then the third test is the external test that you guessed it. It looks outside the documents to see if were there other contemporary writings or archaeological findings around it at that time that support what's written in the New Testament documents. But today, bibliographic test, do we have accurate copies? That's wonderful. Bingo. That that actually is one of the best summaries I've ever heard. Let's talk about the bibliographic test. It's like he took notes on it. I'm yeah, right. Guy. This guy plus Google, unstoppable force. <laughs> Binman.org. That's right. So who's going to take an excl- explanation of the bibliographic test? I could do it hopefully easily. Um, you've got the New Testament, 27 books, okay, written in the First Testament, first century. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me take a sip of the coffee. Written in the first century. So we don't have the original handwritten by Paul or whomever copies. What we do have are are the copies. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those have long since dissolved. What we do have are the copies. We have those manuscripts and we have the copies of the copies. So this is how we use the bibliographic test to accurately, you know, inform, you know, um, their transmission. We have the three parts, the how many, how early, how accurately. Mm -hmm. So how many manuscript copies exist is is our chief first question. What's the earliest surviving of the manuscripts is our second question, right? Because as you'll as you'll see now getting to the third, why why this is the leading. Third, how accurately have the manuscripts been transmitted? Well, that's going to be dictated largely by the first two, right? So if I only had one copy, I, I, I can't A, B test this thing. I, I can't compare. There is no comparison. If I had, you know, a thousand, then even more so. And I really can pinpoint exactly um, that comparison um, Good. Yeah. Which is, I think, how many, great... how early, how accurately. So, mm-hmm. Bob, do we have like five or ten copies of the? I think we have like twelve. New... Yeah, yeah, of Why? the New Testament manuscripts. Hold on to your hats. Uh oh, because there are around five thousand eight hundred hand copied Greek manuscripts of the New Testament. It's giving me carpal tunnel just thinking about it. Yeah, this is by far the most copies of any other ancient book. So just quick comparison, right? You've heard of historical real people and like what they try to record of, like Plato mm-hmm. and his works, Read him. Herodotus, which mm-hmm. is a super famous historian, ancient historian, Homer, right? Iliad, Odyssey. Okay. Yeah. By comparison, there's only about either one to at most 643 copies of those works. And those are like the most famous. Yeah. Those are most famous. And they get handed down to us, but in addition to this, so that wasn't enough, um, there's also 9,000 major early translations in other languages. So I just mentioned the Greek, right? Because right, that's what it was written right. in. Oh, so Nine... it's just the Greek were 5,800? Yeah, just the Greek, 5,800. Oh, wow. But other early translations in other languages like Latin and Syriac and Coptic and Arabic, 9,000 major early translations. Um, so by comparing these nearly 15,000 manuscripts, we can reconstruct the wording of the original books of the New Testament, right? When you have that many to compare from, you go, okay, well, I know what the original said. And here's a, here's like an extra credit gravy fact right here. Even if we didn't have the overwhelming actual manuscripts and manuscript evidence, well, you guys have heard us talk on here before about the, the early church fathers. Oh, yeah. Right, guys? Love who, who, the they just fathers. lived in those decades right oh, yeah. after the oh, apostles yeah. and stuff like that. And they wrote a bunch of stuff and taught the church and wrote letters. And cited it a lot. Even if we didn't have any of this manuscript evidence, we could still reconstruct the entire New Testament except for like 11 verses. Yeah. Out of all the times that these early church fathers quote the New Testament. Say so that again. These early church fathers quote various parts and verses of the New Testament 
over 36,000 times. So you're saying they quote it so much in their writings. And I'm thinking thinking early church fathers like second to fourth century. That's right. Yeah, so much. That we could literally, even with any manuscripts, we could say, well, here's what they all quoted. We're putting together all their quotes. Well, we could just reconstruct the New Testament here, except for about 11 verses. That's amazing. So I could just, I I didn't today, but last comment I want to make about this, like, like, I could have pulled out today, if you were watching this on YouTube, like my copy of the Greek New Testament, right? And just open it up and you may not be able to read the Greek, but you can see the footnotes. And in those footnotes, it says, hey, here's the different manuscripts we pulled from. Here's the different manuscripts we were looking at. So this is like, you could buy a Greek New Testament on Amazon right now or wherever you buy books. Like we could crack, Dave, you could crack open your copy of some of the early church fathers' writings and you could see them quoting New Testament verses. So this is ancient, but it's also, we can really put together and know this is what the New Testament said. So just remember that ballpark number because I'm going to come back to it later. Remember that ballpark number. We as Christians have over, well, not as Christians, everybody, there just is 5,000, over 5,000 handwritten copies of the New Testament. I think, full, full or fragmented. I, it I, might be fragments. I but feel like that's so impactful because oftentimes when you hear the word manuscript, you're thinking like, there's a fragment over here. I think of like every Indiana Jones type movie where it's like, take this dusty fragment and stick it here. And there's like these random hieroglyphics and right. we have to infer what it is. And these are the only two fragments left in the world. It's like, oh no, you're saying I could literally create, recreate the entirety of the New Testament minus 11 verses just from... Other people uh, quoting Yeah, it's it. pretty insane. Dave, why don't you tell us when the, the first was the number, how many, how early are some of these copies, these manuscript copies? Yeah, it wasn't until doing research, this like... I'll be frank, was pretty overwhelming by the data that we're about to cite. So I'll try and say it slow so we don't just rattle through it. But it, this is kind of mind-blowing in my opinion, especially by comparison with what you just said about Plato and Homer. So um, we know that the manuscripts, the earliest that we have are, I mean, right after the originals were written, right? That's kind of the point. That's how they distributed it. They did not have Twitter back then. I can't tweet out what, you know, my homie Paul just wrote. Is that sacrilegious? Hmm. Um, there are 88 undisputed manuscripts that date from roughly 25 years to 200 years after they were originally written. For example, you've got the John Ryland fragment. So Google that, the John Ryland, R-Y-L-A-N-D fragment of John, which was found in Egypt just 25 years after it was written. You've got the Bodmer papyri, which are the oldest surviving complete manuscript copies of the New Testament books. Um, And they survived just a little over 100 years after the New Testament was completed. You've got the Chester Beatty papyri, um, which is most of the New Testament and includes all the Gospels. And that was from just 150 years after the New Testament was finished. So you're looking at this going, there is no other ancient book, period, that has such a small time gap between composition and then the earliest manuscript copies as the New Testament. So, you know, I just think it it, it encourages a reminder that... um, Again, back to the legend, yeah. right? There, there's, oh, yeah. There's, just, there's just not enough time, let alone the fact that you said there were 500 witness, eyewitnesses to Christ's resurrection. Well, think about how many tens of thousands during his ministry. If suddenly you're writing and distributing thousands of copies of this narrative and it's bogus, mm-hmm. how many other write, writings do you think would come out saying, this isn't right, this isn't true, this isn't real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to- It's crazy. You mentioned the other ancient historical writings. We've got 88 from 25 to 200 after they were written, okay? Mm-hmm. The nearest copies of some of those older ancient writings, 700 years to 1,000 years after they were originally That's written. Wild. I mean, there's just no comparison. Yeah. The, other thing, oh, the, the other thing I want to say, and this is to the, the point of how accurately have they been transmitted, uh, a Princeton scholar, Bruce Metzger, and any, any older Christians 
that are familiar with apologetics in general know that he is just yeah, you a should solid sense. You should read him. Get him on your but Kindle. But what he did was he compared ancient writings and he found that the New Testament has been accurately transmitted 99.5% accurately. Mm-hmm. Just get that number. 99.5%. You're going, oh my gosh. So you, you're saying that 0.5% is missing? You're missing Not- the point, friend. No, that 0.5% isn't missing. Mm, it's additional. It's the, that's exactly right. It's what we have that's extra. He mm. actually found that there are only 40 places, 40 lines out of the 20,000 lines of the New Testament mm. that we just don't know of the choices, which is the correct one. Because they're like, they're, like, they're like scribal notes and things from like the transcribers and stuff, right? This is, we're not talking about people going in saying, scratch out that Jesus was Messiah. Like we're not talking doctrinal impacts of leaving yeah. out an adjective. Right. right? That's like, so right, important. Right. And you just – the volume of that is insane. Like forty to 20,000? Yeah. Yeah. So we come to that part of the podcast where I need to ask, so what? What has learning about the bibliographic test, the first part, the bibliographic test – taught us in today's episode. I mean, if there's any doubt or you're listening to this and you may not be a believer or you're engaging the Bible first time or you are a lifelong uh, Christian or anything in between, there is a pressure out there, I think, in, in, in not just like a scholarly criticism, but just in the world that's like, oh, this Bible thing, it's just fanciful, right? Like there's other religious texts that mm. seems in a similar nature. And we're not saying those are as historically reliable and X, Y, Z. Here's my point. You look at the Bible and there is no other ancient manuscript or document that is as overwhelmingly proven to be true than what we have in the New Testament. Mm. It is by far the best attested text of any ancient book in the world. Mm. And that not just enough there, but you can trust the New Testament that it's been, you know, accurately transmitted by the data. And, and we just walked through a sample of that, but goodness gracious, I mean, there are books written on this, right? Read Metzger, read whomever. I mean, it's unreal. So you can trust because you look at the manuscripts, they were written early enough and with enough attention to detail to be trusted, to be faithful records. And the copies that were transmitted, that were copied uh, throughout time, were done so accurately um, that, you know, to your point with the point five, goodness gracious, I mean, that just doesn't happen. And yeah. then you have the overwhelming volume, the, 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 the science, the data is there to support. Yeah you know, the, the accuracy and historicity of it. That's yep. awesome. Call us home. Give us a call to action. Yeah. So what's your next step? Tell someone about this. So you may be listening to a lot of these facts and stuff that like the only reason I think why I wasn't bowled over by all these numbers and stuff is because we've talked about it and I've heard about this before, but this may be one of those episodes where you had to dial down the play speed <laughs> to catch everything, <laughs> or maybe you need to go and listen to it again because there's so much information. Um, I hope that you're bolstered in your confidence that the New Testament you have is historically reliable, and especially today, that it was handed down accurately. Yeah. So I would challenge you this week, as you have conversations with people, maybe a believer, maybe not a believer, but someone that you're comfortable having spiritual conversations with, would you just tell someone about this? That little nugget that I said mentioned earlier to hang on to, something like this. Hey, man, guess what I learned from one of my favorite podcasts this week? Did you know that the New Testament has over 5,000 manuscripts that show the Bible's accurate? 
it was handed down accurately. There wasn't someone later on that threw a bunch of extra junk into it. Right. 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 That's it. That's maybe your big takeaway. But mm. try and tell someone about this because I think you're going to keep growing muscles yeah. to help yourself and help other people know this isn't a leap of faith. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. the science, the data is behind yeah. what we believe as Christians. Yeah. And let us know how that conversation went or what else we can do to help keep growing together as we figure out our next step in the spiritual life, whether it's on the comments here or on our socials. We love hearing from you. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dave. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bin Men Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we also believe that everyone should know the next step in their spiritual life. Ben Min is a resource ministry, and we exist to help you discover your next step. Yeah, that's right. So um, if you were blessed by this, or if this is your first time stumbling across us, and you want to hear more like this or have questions, please engage with us on social media. We've got Instagram and TikTok really interacted there. It's been pretty awesome to see you all um, like engaging and asking questions. And yeah, it's just so cool to see. Uh, Binmin.org is absolutely the best place for you to go to get more information because we don't just do the podcast. There's blogs and there's show notes on episodes and there's other facets of the ministry you may not even be aware of. So my recommendation, our recommendation would be the newsletter. Go to the website, enter your info. Heck, your browser will probably autofill it in for you. You just got to click go. That'll be the best way to hear updates. The ministry is evolving. A lot of exciting things are happening now and in the very near future. Um, and it's a, a testament to the stuff that many hardworking men and women behind the scenes you may not know of mm-hmm. and what they're doing for the kingdom as well. So um, just thankful for the time you spent here already today. Uh, please consider subscribing. Please consider engaging. And we'll look forward to the next uh, episode. God bless.